Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on your Amazon Alexa. Um, today, very kindly, Alan Green has joined us again. Alan, thank you very much for being here today. Hi, Jonathan. Good to be back. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Alan, for being here. So, um, we've got a few stocks to discuss, um, which uh, have had a number of, uh, of developments, um, which we'll, we'll get into. But before that, we're just going to touch on the FTSE 100. So, we're approaching, as we speak, the highest levels that we have seen since the sell-off uh, in March. Um, currently, FTSE is trading at just beneath that 61.50 level. Uh, with the top risers again, and some of the top risers um, being the travel shares, looking at Carnival today, that's up uh, pretty heavily. That's building on a on a rally yesterday. Of course, yesterday, uh, the, the airlines, EasyJet and IAG, were, were up and around sort of 20% on the day. Um, that's very much um, down to um, plans for the resumption of flights. Uh, a number of European countries easing the restrictions on um, quarantine measures. Um, so that's caused a lot of optimism there. But we've, we saw and have we, we always see with markets, markets tend to go further than what the fundamentals are. I think that's probably the uh, uh, the case on the way down. Um, do you think that could be the situation now, Alan, with some of these travel shares, that um, there's obviously that optimism coming back in that the flights will resume, but we've seen such a sharp rally in the last couple of days. Do you think maybe the market's being a little bit too optimistic in the in the share prices of some of these companies at the moment? Well, I think, I think Jonathan, that, that's a very good point. But, uh, of course, this is the first real optimism that the sector's seen since the COVID crisis started because they've almost faced a perfect storm with lockdown, travel restrictions and everything else. But I think the the governments, uh, you know, here and around the world have, most for the most part, stepped up to the plate and delivered help and assistance, financial assistance, when it's been required. And I'm sure, uh, I mean, I, I think the one exception, of course, was Flybe, which was uh, pr- sailing so close to the proverbial wind, anyway, that of course, at the first sign of a dip in uh, a, a dip in traveling travel volumes, the uh, the company went bust. So there will there have there are companies, uh, airlines and travel companies that um, are are that close to um, that close uh, to uh, to going bust bust as as, as entities that um, that'll probably still continue. But um, I think. Uh, there, there is op- justified optimism because the governments have stated that they will continue to provide assistance where they can um, to to uh, to uh, major fl- major carriers and and um, and, and travel companies. Um, and obviously, the problems won't be uh, the the, uh, the the problems and the big hole in the accounts that the crisis has created won't be resolved. Um, anytime soon, but um, I think it's reasonable to expect that these companies will receive ongoing assistance from uh, the incumbent governments um, going forward. So, so on that basis, if we are seeing a resumption in flights, and also, of course, the appetite for travel as well, which is the other thing. Um, you know, everyone's sick of lockdown, heartily sick of it. 
can't wait to get away. But of course, then the prospect of sitting close to somebody on a plane might might be something that um, might be a step too far for many people. So all these factors had to be taken into account. But um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of flight volumes and load factors being reported by the airlines when they start to report their traffic numbers in the months ahead. Indeed, that's going to be a very interesting set of uh, statistics to be keeping an eye on. Um, you know, just what is the uh, the uptake for taking holidays? If people are allowed to, that's one thing. But as you said, Alan, um, how many people are going to actually want to, uh, to potentially put themselves at risk? So, very strong rallies there, but uh, I think it's probably a sector to to keep a close eye on now and see for further further developments there. Now, optimism in the last uh, few days has been in the travel sector, but we have slowly but surely starting to see um, a little bit of optimism coming back into commodity markets. Uh, we've seen iron ore up um, over the last couple of weeks. That's very much on a reopening of China and obviously a demand uh, increase there um, from the factories that were obviously closed for such a period. But there's two companies that you're looking at today in the resources uh, sector, Alan. And we'll start off with uh, with Blencow. Now, this is one, uh, a graphite miner, um, but they've had a couple of interesting um, announcements, haven't they, recently? What do they look like, Alan? Well, they have, Jonathan. Um, and um, yeah, uh, well, your own publication put out um, a, a detailed article yesterday, which I think um, really helped explain the investment proposition for Blencow Resources. Um, the company came back to market on April 28th and the shares came back at 6p and shares have moved up to towards 9p as, as you pointed out in the article. Um, and uh, what's the fuss all about? I mean the uh, Blencow 100% own the Orem Cross Graphite project in Uganda. Um, and uh, graphite, uh, obviously, as a material, it's um, it's it's a major constituent com- component in batteries, the new lithium-ion batteries, which of course are used to power um, all sorts of technology, including and they they of course include the um, the electric vehicle revolution um, uh, that, that 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 is currently underway. Um, now, graphite uh, sells for anything from eight hundred dollars to $1,000 per tonne. Um, and the, uh, the premium stuff, what they call the jumbo flake graphite, just very much sells at the top end of the range. Um, and I think what's uh, caught, uh, what's caught uh, the, the eye on, on Blencow is that um, the Orem Cross Graphite Project, which is, as I say, owns 100% of, um, it's, it's currently en route to its to establishing a maiden, maiden jork resource. That's, of course, the benchmark resource estimate for minerals in the ground. Um, it's estimated to have a resource of some 3 billion tonnes, which makes it one of the largest graphite deposits in the world. Um, and this is this is going to be a key going forward for the, um, the uh, battery industry or the battery metals industry, because um, finding and sourcing supply uh, um, is is obviously going to be param- of paramount importance. Also important in that, and, and your article pointed this out yesterday too, is where the resource is located. Now, Uganda is is widely regarded as one of the one of the most uh, stable um, environments in the African continent. Um, there are other graphite resources in Mozambique, 
Madagascar and Tanzania, but uh, Uganda, it's uh, it's English speaking and it's um, it's it's probably the most stable regime uh, within the African continent, con- continent uh, with the possible exception of South Africa. So all of those factors together um, really do add up to quite a compelling proposition. And, you know, currently trading on, on uh, seven to eight million market cap, there's clearly, um, clearly a, 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 a lot of potential upside. But I think what, um, what is particularly of interest is that um, on the Blencow website, they have um, uh, they published a presentation recently detailing the key catalysts this year. Um, and um, they announced this morning, the company announced this morning, that it had um, identified a high-grade zone, that is the, the high-grade uh, uh, quality zone, for um, which is particularly rich with the, the jumbo flake graphite, which the Orem Cross um, uh, uh, project will, will be producing. Um, and it's been identified some 250 metres from the main camp. So obviously, uh, easily accessible. Um, the fact is also that the the um, graphite at the at the site is close to the surface, so that means low mining and recovery costs anyway. Um, and um, uh, looking at the key catalyst for 2020, um, Blencow have, have have cited a maiden jolt resource probably coming along in quarter three. Um, and after that, of course, once we've got a jolt resource in place, we can expect uh, takeoff agreements um, uh, and uh, and and. You know, rapid advancement of the ongoing feasibility work. So, um, so the, I, I think the company is at a really exciting juncture. It is. It, it's very early in its uh, evolution, but um, the evolution is going to take place pretty rapidly, simply because the stuff is easy to get at. Um, and um, and if we can nail this joint resource, which the company has scheduled to do in um, end of quarter two, quarter three, then we're really going to make progress. So, a very exciting. Uh, little company at this juncture. Yes, indeed, and, and as you mentioned there, uh, Alan, that's, uh, there's an article uh, on uh, on Blencow uh, that we put out yesterday, which should also be in the um, newsletter that we put out this afternoon. So if you're listening to that, do sign up on the website, and you'll be able um, to receive that. So obviously, Alan mentioned there um, the. Uh, applications in, in lithium batteries, obviously, sort of looking towards uh, the, the future of uh, of power. Um, and and the next company that we're going to discuss is obviously involved in um, power production. And again, it's it's focused in Africa. However, they um, are operating in the coal market, which is obviously a market that. Um, is probably one in Europe, which is coming towards the end. But obviously, due to the infrastructure and um, you know, the abundance of the resource in Africa, there's still uh, you know a huge market for it, and it's, it's a big contributor to energy production. And this is Kibo Energy, Alan. But they're also they've worked at a number of different projects as well. So they're not just a pure play coal um, company are they 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 have a number of different projects they're obviously looking towards the future of energy production as well how, how have they been moving recently what's the, the sort of recent updates on those well again the, the company as uh, so a kiwi energy um uh, uh, currently got a, a tiny market cap of just three million um and again it probably reflects the fact that uh, they've been unable to progress uh, the projects because of the the covid crisis 
Shares have traded as high as 1.5p on the year, currently trading at 0.25p. Um, just a quick summary that they have three key projects in Africa, coal to power projects. In Mozambique, they have the Benga, the Benga Power Plant Project, um, which they own 65% of. Um, in Mozambique, only 30% of the population have access to electricity. So, um, so, so, so this is clearly uh, going to be vital for the region. Um, it's also the, um, the, the power plant site is sited close to several thermal coal producers too, which is obviously key for supply. They have 85% of the Mabasekwa power project in Botswana um, and 100% of the Mbeya coal to power project in Tanzania. Um, so these projects are progressing, um, as you rightly say, but they also have um, a, 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 a joint venture with Mast Energy Development Limited um, at the Bordersley um, Flexible Power Plant uh, project in, um, in the UK. Um, and the, the company has been trying to progress this, but obviously the COVID lockdown has, uh, has, has uh, hindered, uh, hindered development and hindered um, uh, uh, progress to some extent. However, um, the site is ready, and um, they, they announced, uh, the company announced uh, yesterday that it, is, uh, that it, it uh, was able to get uh, the contractors back into the site to, 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 to restart um, uh, operations, which will increase uh, over the coming weeks. Um, and uh, the work program is going to be advanced, so construction and commissioning can start at Bordersley as soon as possible. So as with uh, a lot of companies with projects like this do take, it takes time to come to fruition for the company to earn money from this. But um, the the Bordersley power, power project could start to generate a, a return on on its cash um, much earlier than some than the other projects it runs. So uh, I think once Kibo takes that step and Bordersley starts to generate cash and bring money back in, it's going to be transformational for the company and um, obviously will have a significant impact on the share price and the valuation, seeing as the company, as I said, is trading at just uh, on, on just a three million market cap. Is is there any indication, Alan, of, of what the the timeline looks like for this? I mean, when, when could investors be expected to uh, start seeing cash flows coming in? Well, I I, I, I think it's that uh, they have to basically uh, complete uh, co- complete construction and commission uh, and commission site. But um, but there was talk of quarter two that, of course, has now been pushed back. But um, I think it's it's quite possible that we could see commissioning and power being produced um, probably uh, by the end of this year. Um, I'm sure I'm sure the company will make a statement to that effect, but um, clearly at the moment, until they get back to work and they know how, how much more needs to be done, that, um, there's, a, there's a bit of uncertainty around that. But I would expect the company to make a statement in that regard, um, certainly in the coming weeks. Great. So that's that's an interesting one to to keep an eye on there in, in Kibo Energy, and we're going to finish off uh, today, Alan, with a iconic UK brand. Um, anybody that's ever been on a road will no doubt recognise this, and that's Eddie Stobart. Uh, and it's one you've you've been keeping uh, an eye on, Alan. And I think I'd note here that Eddie Stobart is one of these companies that is a facilitator of economic activity as well as a direct 
recipient. So obviously, as things have slowed down, they would have suffered. Um, but as things start to open up again, um, we start to see economic recovery coming through. What could that mean for them going forward? Well, I've, uh, Eddie Sturbot has has uh, endured a pretty torrid period. Uh, uh, well, a pretty torrid year, I, I think, certainly since uh, since uh, quarter three last year. Um, so, just just to recap briefly, Wincanton, the Hawley's company, were due to make an were set to make an offer, and they pulled out because uh, of an error in the accounts that um, that the company had made, and there was an exceptional item and a, a, an impairment charge of 169 million sterling um, added to uh, put into the accounts uh, uh, um, shortly after that. Um, the company then uh, uh, said it was uh, in discussions with Douglas Bay Advisors, who subsequently injected 70 million, and that created a structure. The, the investment was made at around the equivalent of 32p, and the shares are currently trading, as I say, at uh, 8.5p, so, so some way off that. But um, the structure of the company now is that uh, the aim-listed entity, uh, Eddie Stobart Limited, uh, holds forty nine percent of Eddie Stobart Limited, the, uh, the 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 company in question, and D Bay Advisors hold the other fifty percent. Um, so 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 that in itself, um, I think, has has uh, probably put some investors off. But um, uh, May the twenty first, the company updated on trading, um, and it said that uh, it had um, it had acquired. The rights, uh, well, the the Eddie Stobart trading logo from Stobart Group, which of course is the company that um, I think has association with South End Airport and various other uh, operations. Um, hitherto, the uh, Eddie Stobart Limited have been paying Stobart Group uh, some three million pounds annually, um, so they've agreed to pay ten million, four million of which is deferred, which removes that annual fee altogether. And it also means the Stobart Group have to change their name uh, by February next year, which, of course, they, they will do. Um, now, from a branding standpoint, that will simplify things. But also, um, I saw that as a very encouraging sign because clearly the company is not going to make that sort of financial commitment if it doesn't uh, if it doesn't see a, a, a pretty a, a pretty uh, a, a decent future ahead. Um, the company also said in the trading update they that with the injection from DBA advisors they had streamlined operations and increased utilization in its property portfolio, which it expected would lead to a positive full year outcome on the results. It also said it was well funded, um, and although it has seen some COVID related re- volume reductions, the performance from its uh, fast moving consumer goods and uh, the grocery. Uh, 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 transportation logistics services it provides. Um, obviously, Tesco is one of the recipients of that. Uh, remains strong, quote unquote. Um, another factor as well is that Adrian Collins, uh, finance veteran, um, former former uh, uh, chairman and, and uh, at Lion Trust and Gartmore Investments, and is currently on the board of CIP Merchant Capital, Bahamas Petroleum and TriStar Resources, has joined as chairman. So all of these factors coming together, I'm looking at this and thinking, well, you know, this is a company that's obviously very confident. It's got over the the uh, the, the glitch and the impairment charge. They've got um, a seasoned veteran now 
in charge of the company who will make sure that uh, the accounts and uh, the running of the company is, is as it should be for a listed entity. Um, and then I look at the valuation. So 49%, it's got a market cap of 31 million. So that gives it a market cap of 62 million uh, overall. This company was trading at uh, a little short of a billion sterling um, last year. And if the numbers haven't been too greatly affected, um, I think we could see some significant upside once we get to see what the numbers are like going forward. So I think Eddie Stobart still at current levels represents a really exciting recovery investment opportunity, obviously backed by all these factors I've, I've just out, outlined. Not without risk, but I think the risk has been diminished substantially based on the last trading statement. Of course, yeah. I mean, ha- having a quick look at the numbers there, I, th- I think there is some resilience there in in the model. Um, and as, as you mentioned, it's definitely a recovery play. Um, and if there's any potential outside interest, of course, that makes it uh, even more interesting. So an interesting one to keep an eye on there, I think, there in, in Eddie Stobart. So, Alan, thank you very much for, for joining us today and, and being on the podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. A pleasure. No problem. So, as uh, as I mentioned there, a um, couple of the articles that uh, that Alan mentioned on the companies that we've just touched on, um, of course, available on the UK Investor Magazine uh, website, but also on the mobile app, which is downloadable from Google Play and the Apple App Store.